Let's pray together. God, we lift you up as we open your word and we pray that today you will speak to us through your word, that you will challenge us, that you will teach us, that you will help us to grow, especially in our relationship with you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you ever feel like you were just not getting this thing right? I mean, your relationship with God. You know, there are times when I hear other people talk about their conversations with God or some insight that they gain from Scripture, and, you know, it's easy to think, man, I, I don't have that same kind of connection that that person has with God. Somehow they've got something that I don't have, and I'd really like to have that, but it's just not working for me. Maybe you've done that before. And it's easy in those moments to think, okay, what's, what's wrong with me, right? I mean, if they can do that, if they can have that kind of connection with God, if, if their conversations with God are that deep and God is at work in them in such clear ways, then they must have something figured out that I don't. And so I think our tendency is to blame ourselves. Our tendency is to think that there's some key that we've missed. But maybe, maybe that's not the heart of the matter. But this does force us to ask some of the larger questions. What, what does a relationship with God even look like? What does it mean to know God? What does it mean to spend our lives growing in this relationship with God? A relationship then that will be fulfilled in eternal life. What does that look like on a practical level? Well, Today, as we bring to a conclusion this series, This Changes Everything, we've been thinking about how faith really does change our lives in some fundamental ways. If we really do put our faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, if we, if we believe that He is our Lord and Savior, that changes who we are. That changes our relationships. That changes the way that we serve. That changes the way that we do our work and the way that we relate to our families. So, if this changes everything, how does it affect our relationship with God? Or how should it? Well, I want to back up a little bit and then we'll come back and think a little bit more clearly about that. But as we've walked through this series, I think one of the things that we could have noticed pretty easily is that, that faith works sort of simultaneously in a couple of powerful ways. The first is, if we put our faith in God, then we are believing that we are, we're trusting an all-powerful, all-knowing God. If we believe that and this God is at work in our lives, then that should be a significant change, right? Because this is a God who can heal. This is a God who brings healing to relationships, who gives us purpose. A God who can overcome addiction. A God who really can do things that matter. And if that kind of God is at work in us, our lives should change, right? Our lives should be different after we follow Jesus than they were before we followed Jesus, followed Jesus because this kind of powerful God is at work in us. Okay, so it's God's power. That's one way that faith changes everything. A second way is how we understand ourselves. Faith changes us too. It's partly God's power, but it's partly, well, if, if I believe that there is an all-powerful all-knowing God who created the universe and who still interacts with this universe and with humanity and is guiding human history toward a fulfillment in the kingdom of God, that changes how I understand myself. That changes how I approach my work. Because my work's not just about making money. My work is about serving God because everything is about serving God. 
relating to my family is not about me getting what I want from them, but about me sharing with them the love that God has shown to me. You see, faith changes us because God's at work and God does powerful things, but faith also changes us because it changes our, our approach to life. It changes the whole context in which we live. And if that's true, our relationship with God really is at the heart of the matter. And so today, as we bring the series to a close, I want us to focus on that. How God changes this relationship. How God is at work in the relationship that we have with Him. Because you see, I think so many of us do think, I'm doing this wrong. There's something I've missed. There's something I'm not seeing that other people are getting. Maybe I'm not working hard enough at this. Maybe I don't do the right things. I'm working hard enough, but not hard enough at the right things. Whatever it is, we tend to blame ourselves. And maybe some of that blame should be there. Maybe we're not pursuing this God. As with any relationship, if we ignore the other person, the relationship is not going to grow. So we may need to blame ourselves in part, but I want us to look at this maybe in a little bit different way this morning. And to do that, I want us to turn one more time to the book of Galatians. We've been in chapter 3, we sort of brought that to a close, and today I want us to look at a few verses at the beginning of Galatians chapter 4. Now remember, we're looking at this letter, it may be the earliest letter that we have from Paul in the New Testament, okay? He's writing to these churches that he had visited, these churches that he had taught the gospel, and he has said, Jesus changes everything. Putting your faith in Jesus Christ changes your relationships, it changes your eternity, it changes how you live this life. Okay, that's what Paul had taught them. And then someone else had come behind Paul and said, listen, yeah, Jesus is important, but all the rules and regulations in the Old Testament, man, that's the heart of the matter. And if you obey all that, that's how God works in you. And Paul wanted to remind them that it was faith in Jesus Christ that's what brought them into a relationship with God. That's what changed them. And so we pick up on that today as we come to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Paul says this, When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, if we look at that, it's easy, one of those verses that's sort of easy to just say, well, Paul's just sort of piling up stuff about Jesus. There's some interesting things here, but it's stuff we already know. Let's just move on to the heart of the matter. But, but before we do that, I think we need to remember that Paul didn't write anything by accident. First of all, the Holy Spirit was at work. He was inspired by God to write this, so every word does matter. But, but even beyond that, Paul is saying this intentionally. He doesn't do it by accident. He's telling us some important things about Jesus before he launches in to further teaching. So what does he say? When the set time had fully come, God had planned this. It didn't just happen. God had been at work in the history of the people of Israel and the peoples around them, and God had a point in time that he knew was perfect to intervene to become a human being, to be in human history, to act. And that perfect time was when Jesus was born. God appointed that time. So this was all on purpose. This was all the work of God. The set time had fully come. God sent His Son. This was God's work, and this was God's Son. This is Jesus 
part of the Trinity that's you know, hard for us to understand. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're all packed tightly into this passage that we're studying today. But God, the Father, sent His Son, Jesus, to be among us. Jesus had a special relationship with God that we don't have. Now we're going to get to our relationship in a minute, but Jesus is, is this three-in-one, part of the same being. There's a fellowship that we can't even begin to comprehend. And that's Jesus. This one who is God, who is now coming to be with us at this perfect time. Jesus was God's Son. And then He takes it one step further, born of a woman. What does that mean? He was a human being. Okay? He didn't just appear to have a body. It wasn't just sort of like people saw Him. He had a physical body with cells just like ours. Jesus knew hunger, and He knew thirst, and He got sweaty, and He was tired, and He got angry, and He was tempted just like we are. And Paul wants us to remember that. He's God's Son, absolutely. And He's a human being, also absolutely. Unique in every way, because nobody else has done that. This is who we're talking about. This is the Jesus who changes everything. Born under the law. Born at this specific time in human history when this people, the people of Israel, were bound by the law. They were called to obey it. And so Jesus, like every other Jewish boy in his day, would have been raised memorizing, learning Scripture. Memorizing, learning, and obeying the law bound by the law, expected to obey the law. The difference between Jesus and everyone else is Jesus did it. Now lots of people were very serious about this and lots of people spent their lives pursuing the law, doing everything they knew to obey God, but every one of them, just like us, sinned. Jesus didn't. So all this makes Him unique, special, like no one else. And so Paul says this Jesus at the right time, in the unique situation of being both God and man, and then having obeyed the law completely because he's bound by the law, what happened? Verse 5. He came to redeem those under the law. We well, see all the Israelites, and ultimately everyone was responsible to obey. And everyone failed to obey. And so every single one, including us, deserved punishment. Every single one deserved death. But Jesus redeemed us. Jesus brought us back. Why? That we might receive adoption to sonship. Now, a minute ago I said Jesus has a special relationship with God. He's the Son of God. Well, that's just who He is. But we are adopted as sons and daughters of God. Why? Because we're so good? Because we've achieved something? Because we're better than other people? None of that. Because we all stand guilty before God. Every single one of us. Why were we adopted? Because of Jesus. The Son of God changes it all for us. He changes, he changes our identity, just as we've said all the way through this series. Jesus changes who we are. And we are brought into this family. We're not slaves anymore. Paul's going to point to that. We're children. We're sons and daughters of this God who loved us so much that He sent His Son to die on a cross for our sins and that offer us eternal life through His resurrection. 
That's the God we're talking about. That's the Jesus we're talking about. And that's how we are changed. And then verse 6. Because you are his sons, because we have been adopted into this family, because God has called us his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, bound together tightly in this passage. With Paul saying, listen, because God has adopted you, changed your identity, because you are not the same people, because this literally does change everything for us, God could then fill us with His Spirit. And so when we call out to God, to our Father, it is the Spirit calling out for us. When I talk to God, when we have prayed this morning, not just who was standing up here, but when any of us prayed to God in this room or at any other time, But this morning, as we prayed together, it was the Spirit of God talking to God for us. And so whatever was on your heart, the Spirit was speaking to God. Maybe I was praying about something else that brought another need to your mind. A need that you haven't told the church family about. Maybe a need that you haven't told anyone about. Because you don't know how to talk about it. You don't know the words to say. Maybe you don't even know the words to say to God. But you know what? The Spirit does. The Spirit knows your heart. The Spirit knows your joy. And the Spirit knows your pain or your guilt or your suffering. And even when you can't put it into words, the Spirit of God takes that need and presents it to this God who loved us so much that he sent his son. You see how that begins to change our relationship with God in a powerful and fundamental way? So often we think this is all about me and and me growing in Christ is all about stuff that I do. It's an achievement. It's something that I build up for myself. And there are things to do. And my message today is not to say, hey, um, your relationship with God, you don't really have to do anything. Just sit back and let God do all the work for you. That's not my point. But my point is, God is involved in this thing. You know what? Every one of us chose to put our faith in Jesus Christ. And what we believe is, not because I did anything, But because I chose to put faith in Jesus Christ, to confess Him as my Lord, to repent of my sins and be baptized into Him, man, I'm not earning anything from God. I'm not achieving anything in Jesus Christ. All that is Jesus at work in me. And if Jesus has the power to overcome sin and death in my life and your life, Jesus also has the power to help us grow in our relationship with God. So part of what I want us to see this morning is that growing in Christ is not all just about me and what I can do. There are some things that I can do. But it is also about opening up my life, my heart, my soul for God to be at work in me. For God to do powerful things in my life that I couldn't do on my own. 
for God to draw me closer and allow me to know Him in a deeper way, in a way that I could never achieve just because I tried really hard. If I trust God with my salvation, why wouldn't I trust Him with my relationship with Him? Paul says that the Spirit calls out for us, Abba, Father. The Spirit speaking to us, to this God who loves us so deeply. He pulls it together in verse 7. So you are no longer a slave. Not a slave to sin, not a slave to anything, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has also made you an heir. And an heir inherits something, right? We get to be part of the kingdom. We get to be with God forever. So, what's the message here? Pretty simple. God's made you His child. When you chose to put faith in Jesus Christ, God has made you His child. He changed your identity. And since then, God is willing to be at work in you. And to go back, God continues to help you grow in that relationship with Him. If He has the power to forgive your sin, if He has the power to redeem you from everything that has enslaved you in the past, and if He has the power to give you eternal life, does that same God have the power to help you grow in your relationship with Him? And the answer is absolutely. He definitely does. If it's that kind of powerful God, then He has the power to help us grow in this. And there are times when we don't know what to do, right? I mean, we know that we're supposed to pray. We get that. And we know that we really should pursue God and His Word because this is such a powerful way that He speaks into our lives. And we have amazing access to God's Word in our culture that cultures in the past never had. So that opens things up for us and gives us responsibilities in this relationship with God. But I think alongside that, all the things that we can do we also have this powerful God that is at work in us for the things that we cannot do. For the things that I can't achieve on my own. You know, it reminds me of a prayer that maybe we don't think about very often, but in Orthodox churches, Greek Orthodox churches, Russian Orthodox churches, much of their spirituality, their growing in Christ is based on a very simple prayer that goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ... Have mercy on me, a sinner. And they repeat that prayer many times over. And it's not a magical incantation. It's not to somehow get God moving. It's not, not just that you say the words and God does something just because you said them. It's repeating those words and thinking through each one of those words. Lord Jesus Christ, who are we talking to? The Lord of the universe. God's Son, Jesus, a human being, God in human form, Christ, the Messiah, the one that God had planned for from the beginning, the King. Have mercy, which is what I need because I am a sinner. And because there are things that we feel powerless to overcome in our lives. Maybe it's temptation, maybe it's grief, maybe it's depression, maybe it's sadness, whatever it is. Have mercy on me, a sinner. 
and that's every one of us. We all stand guilty before God. And we tend to want to rank things and say the things that that person are worse than the things that I've done, but guess what? We're all sinners. Every single one of us. And so we stand on equal footing because we are sinners who have been forgiven in Jesus Christ. And it just strikes me that maybe that's prayer, that prayer is something that we need to learn to say. Because it, in some ways, allows the Spirit to speak for us to God, to say Abba, which is the, like the daddy word. Okay? To speak to this God. There are times, and I think most of us have experienced this, when we don't know what to say to God, right? When things are so messed up, we don't even know what the solution is. We don't even know how it gets better from this point forward. We don't know what, what better looks like. And so we come to God and we don't know what to say. We don't know what to ask God to do. We don't know what to ask God to change, to make things better than they are now. But you know, God's Spirit does know. And there are times when all we can do is cry out, Father. Or maybe we cry out, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. I don't know what your prayer is in that moment. It may be different for all of us. But what we can be confident in those moments when we don't know what to say to God, when we don't know exactly what to ask, is that God's Spirit is standing right beside us. And God's Spirit is speaking to God for us. And so even if we don't have the right words, even if we don't have any words to say at all, if we're praying, if we're seeking out the presence of God, His Spirit is at work in those moments. We can be absolutely confident of that because of this passage. And one of the things I think we have to note when we, when we see this is that God's Spirit speaks for you, and maybe God's Spirit speaks for you about things and in ways that are different from what God does for me. Because you know what? God created each one of us unique. We're not the same. We haven't had the same experiences. We haven't grown in the same way. We haven't had the same teaching. And we're just different and so God may be at work and you may grow in ways that surprise you and make you wonder. And there may be times when you look around and you know people that are maybe in this room right now and you go, man, they know God in a way that I don't. You know what? They may. And you may know God in a way that they don't. Because we're not all the same. We're unique. And because of that, your relationship with God is unique as well. No one knows God. No one talks to God. No one has exactly the same relationship that you have. You're that special to God. And because you're that special, I don't think we can compare ourselves with other people. I don't think we can say, man, I wish I was like this person, they know God better than I do. I wish I could do it just like them. Guess what? You can't do it just like them because you're not that person. But this same powerful God 
can have His Spirit at work in you in just as powerful ways. Because that's the kind of God He is. So I think rather than comparing ourselves to other people and maybe thinking that somehow we've done this thing wrong, what we should do is what we can do. Seek God out in prayer, in study, maybe in fasting, maybe in journaling. There's lots of things we can do. But also opening up our hearts and allowing this powerful God to be at work in us and speak for us to the God who loves us so deeply we'll never understand it. Because this God has changed you. This God has made you His child. Let's pray together. God, You've been at work in our lives in ways that we don't understand, ways that we can't even comprehend. And we're just we're thankful for that. And God, right now, there may be words that we don't have. There may be pain that we can't really describe. There may be a hopelessness that we don't know how to find hope in. And so God, this morning, we are depending on your spirit to say words that we don't have. To make it right. God, help us to grow in you. Be at work in us. God, we want to do whatever we can to grow in you, but God, we're also depending on you to help us in that. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And maybe today you know it's time to begin this journey of faith. You're ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ and allow God to be at work, to open up your life, to allow God to work in you, to speak for you, to all those things that we've talked about this morning. If you're ready to do that and, and repent of your sins, because we are all sinners, everyone in this room, you are not unique in that, and then to be baptized into Christ, if you're ready to do that, we'd love to talk with you about that and to see that happen in your life. Come forward. Let us know as we stand and sing our invitation. Let's stand together.